0: Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and Member FDIC.
1: Hello, ICYMI from Melbourne. This is Philip, and I met my beautiful French partner Julien on the website
0: Couch Surfing. Hi, I'm Rachel Hampton.
1: And I'm Candace Lim, and you're listening to ICYMI. In case you missed it. Slate's
0: podcast about internet culture. And today. Today, we're talking about love. I know. Absolutely shocking that two Pisces are talking about love. I actually, have we mentioned the fact that you're also a Pisces yet on the I show, don't Candace? Think so. Yeah, I don't think so. It's stunning because not only was Madison also a Pisces, but our producer, Sierra, is also a Pisces. Like, this is a Pisces pod. We are full of feelings. Rachel.
1: You and me, we are here today because we are talking about love. Specifically, queer love.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. In case you missed it. Candace Mm -hmm. and I are, I think, to both of our deep, deep regret, both cishet women. Yeah. But we also love love. Which is why, if y'all listened to our past few episodes, you heard a little request at the top asking for y'all to send in stories of how y'all our queer listeners found love on the internet and so many of you responded and sent in such lovely voice memos that warmed my little heart. Like just imagine my hands claps over my heart because that is basically <laughs> how I've been <laughs> since y'all started sending in these voice memos.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's swoon eyes, swoon eyes emoji. And, mm-hmm. you know, we... We're coming to you guys at the end of Pride Month because we wanted to end this wonderful celebratory month on a lighter, happier note. You know, it's been a tough year. It's been a tough few years for the queer community, anti-trans and LGBTQ plus legislation is constantly being passed, rejected, debated. And a lot of it can be really hard to absorb or think about so today we just really wanted to focus on joy we wanted to focus on the great things that can come from this community and one of those things is finding each other
0: yes so we're going to start today's episode with the voice memo that we got it came in right under the wire and i'm so glad it did i'm obsessed with all these stories to be clear but this one, I think, really demonstrates the way that the internet allows us to make connections in the most unexpected of places. So without
3: further ado, here's Jody. Back in 2002, um, my mom and a stranger on the internet met on a fan fiction site for Buffy the Vampire Slayer, which was definitely like the most lesbian show at the time. They were both in heterosexual marriages. and my mom had three kids. And my stepmom just moved from, like, 2,000 miles away to be with her. They left their husbands, and they've been together ever since. The day that gay marriage became federally legal, they went to Washington, D.C. and eloped and got married underneath a rainbow umbrella. And they are the cutest fucking couple in the world, and I love them so much. Ah!
1: Them. Oh, my God. That was so ah! cute. I loved it. I loved it. Made my heart soar. Oh.
0: Truly, I just, I'm a heart-eyes emoji. Hard eyes emoji. What a high <laughs> note to start on. And the thing is, we've got so many more stories to share. When we come back, we're going to be talking to one of our listeners who sent us a voice note about how they fell in love on Craigslist. But first, we're going to take a quick break. And we're back. Like we said before the break, we'll be talking with one of our listeners who sent us a voice memo. But before we bring them on, here's a bit of the voice note that immediately made everyone on the my team just start giggling and kicking their feet.
3: Hey ICYMI, y'all asked for stories about queer love from the internet, so I'm here to tell you about how I met my partner because of Craigslist misconnections. So, back in 2018, I went to a square dance. I danced one dance with a really cute banjo player who I clocked as queer, but before I could get their number, they had disappeared for the evening, they'd already gone home. So a couple weeks later, I was feeling sad about my um, misconnection, and I decided to put up an ad on Craigslist in hopes that they might see it and get in touch with me so we could, you know, play music together or something. I was ready to take the ad down after about a week. I would gotten a couple of unsolicited dick pics, and that was about it. And then my banjo babe responded. And
1: Mika graciously agreed to come on the show. So they're here with us now. They're calling in from Portland, Oregon. Mika, Please tell us how you found love on the
3: internet with a square dance? This was in 2018. I was at an old time music festival. I play fiddle and I spotted this really cute person who I clocked as queer from like across the room while I was jamming. And I was like, that person is queer. And there aren't a lot of people under the age of like... 50 at these festivals, and there definitely aren't a lot of people who like read as queer. So I, I instantly clocked them. And later that night, um, they asked me to dance at the Square Dance. We had one really great dance. And then I, you know, turned around, talked to some friends, turned back around, and they were gone. And I was like, oh, no, I really meant to get this person's number. And I didn't. And I couldn't tell what they said their name was, so I just felt totally doomed. Um, but a couple weeks later, I'd been thinking about it, and I was a little tipsy at a dinner party, and I was like, I'm going to write a misconnection and post it on Craigslist and see if they respond. So I wrote a misconnection on Craigslist, and at this time, Craigslist had like personal sections, so I had to go in and put in a misconnection, and I titled it Banjo Babe. Do you remember
0: exactly what your Craigslist ad said specifically?
3: I took a screenshot. I can read it to you if you would like. (laughs) (laughs) It was Saturday night at the Portland Old Time Music Gathering. I spotted you with your banjo from behind my fiddle at a jam. You were so cute! I was so happy when you asked me my partner when the square dance started later. I had mismatched shoelaces and two left feet, but we had so much fun. I adored your seam ripper tattoo, but didn't get a chance to say so. I didn't catch your number, and then you were gone. It is a far out chance, but give me a call and we can jam. And in the style of a Craigslist misconnection, there are a lot of ellipses in here, um, I will say. (laughs) I I don't know. Somehow it seems like a part of the genre. I just posted that to the web and thought, I'm going to be you know, letting this out of my heart now, it's out there. And if they find it, they find it. And if not, I guess it wasn't meant to be. And I let it sit for like a week. I got uh, a couple of responses, but they were both like people sending me dick pics that was just totally unsolicited. (laughs) So I, um, was confused and just like, ah, this is not working. Um, I was kind of getting ready to take it down, and then I got a response from them. And uh, they emailed me and they said, I found your misconnection. And I basically screamed <laughs> <laughs> and we started texting and we uh, decided to meet up again for another date. We went to a square dance, of course, as our first date. And in my misconnection, I'd said, oh, like, maybe we can get together and play music sometime because we both played music and I thought that was a good lead in. Um, so our second date, we actually did, try and play music and they kept like putting their banjo down to like make out and I kept like when they would do that I would just pick up my fiddle and be like okay let's play another tune so eventually we got there and realized we were on the same page and the rest is history we've been together since then we uh, live together and we have a really cute dog Uh, that's the story (laughs) so we are two Pisces And I don't know if you can
0: tell, but I'm screaming, crying, throwing up because it's truly (laughs) the cutest story. I am obsessed with every single detail of it. How do you think the internet specifically helped you as a queer person find love? Like, do you feel like this could have happened in any other way? You just kept going back to the old time music festival or were just like, there's a banjo
3: player somewhere in Portland, Oregon. (laughs) Totally. I think the internet definitely helped. I had a backup plan. It was oh, a backup really plan cool. where I knew that they had come to the festival with a person who I, like, knew, but who didn't know who I was. Like, we'd been introduced to each other a couple of times, and she still didn't know who I was. Um, <laughs> so I was like, okay, at worst, I can, like, try and get in touch with this person, Melissa, and maybe Melissa knows this person. But it felt, like, too awkward to do that, and I I didn't know how to broach dating in this space I was in that was all about playing music and you know it wasn't like a dating space so it felt Mm kind of like easier to post a misconnection and hope they found it than to be like I'm gonna rope this third party in who's like an older straight lady to like try and help me find this person so I think having Craigslist in that space was like really important And partially because my partner really likes Craigslist. And so they were on Craigslist for the human interest. Like they loved going through the like, posts and like reading like I posted in in the women for women section of Mm. Misconnection because I wasn't totally sure and like you know it was pretty binary and those posts were like such a rich text of like lesbian longing it was like Mm. oh Ashley I know you said never to get in touch with you but I still love you Jessica you know like, (laughs) like give me a call and it's just like longing with like no outlet and so I think if that space hadn't been there and been drawing their eye in already they never would have found my ad like I think in the current day and age the personals and the misconnections on Craigslist just aren't the same anymore now that all of those lesbian longing posts are mixed in with all the regular straight people posts. I really do love that the way that
0: you had this technically kind of bridge person you could have asked but Craigslist misconnections felt like both safer and almost more direct in a way mm-hmm. than yeah. this kind of hinge character.
3: Yeah, and I didn't want to deal with any of her potential judgments or thoughts about the situation or, um, you know, what she thought, you know, if she thought this person was available or not. So Mm -hmm. (laughs) it was uninhibited in that way.
1: Mm -hmm, Yeah, and we are talking about 2018. And something that really stood out to us from your voice memo is you talked about how Literally, like, less than two months later, um, Congress passed FOSTA, which stands for Fight Online Sex Trafficking Act. It's meant to crack down on sex trafficking of children online, but because of the act... Craigslist, um, they took down their personal section and they wrote this line which said, to the millions of spouses, partners and couples who met through Craigslist, we wish you every happiness! Exclamation mark. However, they also were like, this is over. I just wanted to ask about your thoughts because it's kind of cosmic and it's kind of magical, but interesting that you You really got in there before all this went down.
3: I love this story for me because it's a story of like hopefulness and it's a story about how wholesome Craigslist can be because I think Craigslist by and large is a very wholesome place. It is really a place where lots of people who are pretty offline get online. My partner does not have any social media, but they browse Craigslist every day. (laughs) And we love trading back and forth like funny Craigslist posts that people put. And you just get a little slice of people's life through how they post on this very open-ended forum space. I think that people often associated the personal section of Craigslist with grimy hookups or with sex work. And I think sex work probably was being facilitated through Craigslist personals at time. I'm not familiar with that personally, but at the same time, I think a lot of other things were getting facilitated and it kind of got lost in the all the SESTA-FOSTA stuff mm-hmm. like all of that other stuff happening and just like the ephemera of human life was just kind of lost in that. Now that
0: Craigslist Personals and Missing Connections is kind of gone, um, what advice do you have for finding love online? or offline in the modern era?
3: I love love, I love crushes, I love this question because I have a lot of hope about dating and finding connection and finding connection online and offline. I think a lot of people feel like they have to be on apps in order to date. And I think there's a lot of other ways to meet people and date. Like sometimes you have to kind of put things out hopefully. Like I put this ad out kind of hopefully. Like I kind of hope that somebody sees this, but also kind of a release to the universe. Maybe I'll just let go of this longing now. I think it's worthwhile to to put that hopefulness out there and to, to try and make connection. I know it sounds silly, but I think sometimes we get stuck on like, is it going to work? And, and this might not have worked. This totally might not have worked, but I'm really happy I wrote it. And it's really fun to read back on it and like remember the feeling of this mystery person and like how little I knew about them and how excited I was by the possibility that they were gonna find this connection again. And it's been cool to see how other misconnection spaces have opened up since then. Like I, there was a misconnections page on Instagram for queer people that like really blew up right after this as well. And it was really fun to read all these other misconnections and to see people putting that hopefulness out into the world. Um, I don't know how many of them hooked up at the end, but I think it's delightful. I delight in it. And I delight in like hearing about people's longing and their desire for connection, whether it results in anything or not. But I do think it has to start out being put out there in order for it to potentially build a connection.
1: Oh, Rachel,
0: do we love Mika or what? Definitely. We love Mika so much. We did want to quickly take a moment to talk about something Nika said, which is about Craigslist personals sometimes facilitating sex work. In fact, I'd probably say Craigslist personals facilitated a lot of sex work. I, in fact, would feel pretty comfortable arguing that people seeking out non-sexual relationships on Craigslist were probably the minority. Obviously, we are a pro-sex work podcast. Keep it consensual and safe and That's really all you need. But we did just want to clarify that.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's a really great point. And now back to the stories you all sent in, which only get better. We're going to take a quick break. But when we come back, we're going to talk to one more listener who went on a pretty magical Minecraft date that will probably make you swoon.
0: Split screen, Kid Nation, a six-part podcast from CBC. Available now.
1: Hey there! If you love our podcast, then maybe you should consider subscribing to Slate Plus. With Slate Plus, there are no ads on any Slate podcasts, And Slate Plus helps keep this podcast going, because this show would not be possible without your support. With Slate Plus, you'll get bonus segments and episodes for shows like Slow Bird, Culture Gap Fest, and Slate Money. You'll also never hit a paywall on the Slate website, meaning you get access to every article and every advice column. Just visit Slate.com slash I-C-Y-M-I Plus to sign up. That's Slate.com slash I-C-Y-M-I Plus.
0: And we're back with another great listener whose voice memo has been living in my head rent-free since the day I heard it. Let's hear a little bit of it.
4: Hi, ICYMI. My name is Jess, and I'm from New Jersey. My queer internet love story took place during COVID, so we met on Tinder, but we couldn't hang out in person, obviously. Because of COVID, we decided to have our first date on Minecraft, and she honestly blew me away. She built us this beautiful... Cabin in a flower field, and she put roses and lilacs all over the outside of it. And one night in Minecraft, this is still our first date, but it had been a couple Minecraft days. She asked if I wanted to put our beds together, and obviously I said yes. After COVID, we got to hang out in person, and she was really awesome. She was a really cool girl. But also, in typical queer fashion, she joined the Coast Guard and got deployed to Antarctica. <laughs> if that
0: doesn't make you smile, then I I don't know how to help you. Except I do because we brought Jess into the virtual studio to tell us more about her virtual date. Jess lives in Phoenix, Arizona, and her love story actually starts in what I would say is a
4: dark place on Tinder. Let's see how she made it better. During COVID, um, I was on Tinder, as I guess probably all of us were, um, and I I matched with this girl who was really cool. We were texting, we were Snapchatting, um, and I believe neither of us had really had a queer experience before, so th- those are always like... A big deal. Mm -hmm. Um, So obviously we had to meet. Um, I don't remember which one of us brought it up first, but one of us asked the other out on a Minecraft date. And obviously it was a yes. I was like updating my character and making sure like she was pretty, making sure I had like little pixelated flowers in my hair just to make sure like even if it was virtual, like I was going to make a good impression. I was going to be hot. (laughs) <laughs> um and it was going to be a good day. <laughs> so I already had a Minecraft server because I'm gay. <laughs> um, so I I let her in and we went off to our own little area and started building our house and looking for dogs. Um very stereotypical like moving in together first date. <laughs> um and then at one point after we had built our little house with our flower field and our dogs, um one of us asked the other, you know, do you want to move our beds together? Uh, And of course we did. So that was uh, our first date. It was very romantic uh, and definitely made us very excited to meet each other in the future.
0: So was this your first Minecraft date or had you done this before?
4: This was my first Minecraft date. um, And I was nervous about it because I was living with my parents at the time who didn't know that I was queer. And I was like, how are we going to work this out? Like, I guess it's pretty easy to act straight over like voice chat. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I... We got on Discord and we we planned everything together. And it honestly, like, I feel like it was a really good first date because we see, like, how does the other one handle conflict? How does she handle it when I get scared of the zombies and she has to kill all of them for me? Um, and it really set up the relationship dynamics on day one because we encountered so many obstacles that day. <laughs>
0: It's like building IKEA furniture on your first date, but like exactly less harrowing. <laughs>
4: you mentioned in your voice note El Rose Garden. Can you tell me more about that? I mean, I'm not super competent. I was kind of like the flower picker and the wood chopper in our relationship. So she would tell me, you know, I need this many pieces of wood, and then I would go get them. Um, and I came across a flower field, and I picked all the flowers and brought them back to our home. Um, so we had like a little our our house was just the gayest thing ever. It was covered in lilacs and roses. Um, we had these little like flower pots that we put above our bed that we planted like little daisies in. Um, so it was just a very floral and bright and happy house in the middle of COVID, which was a really depressing time. Um, and it was a nice little like spotlight and like thing to be happy about. Oh,
1: you know, um, I think I might need your help, Jess, in understanding like how Minecraft works a little bit because in my head, I'm kind of picturing like Animal Crossing. Is that kind of the feel of how this world works where you like can travel to other people's places? How does that part, how do you guys connect?
4: So Minecraft, um, I guess is kind of like animal crossing if you could die and started with nothing sure um so there's not really like npcs the way like in minecraft there's like other characters who aren't controlled by another player who you can talk to minecraft is just you and whoever else you invite into your world so i invited her into my little world and there's different um environments that you can go explore but you start with nothing you know you have to build the axe to chop down your tree and then turn the tree into planks and turn the planks into a house um, so it's a lot of like building things together and trying not to get killed by skeletons and zombies it's <laughs> basically the gist of it how long did this minecraft date last
0: both I guess, in the real world and also in the Minecraft world.
4: I had originally opened the server for my younger brother, who was maybe like seven or eight at the time. And it was like our thing that my brother and I would play together. And then I, I told him, like, hey, my friend is going to join our server. And it would get to the point where my eight-year-old brother would log on and be like, why are you on Minecraft? And I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the, the first date was probably a couple hours, probably, I don't know, like 10 Minecraft days. But it, it was an ongoing situation where, like, it got to a point where, like, we would be on Discord with my little brother. And we would be, like, doing missions with him. And she would, like, build things for him. It was honestly really wholesome. <laughs>
1: That's so sweet. That's adorable. Okay, so you guys have this beautiful, beautiful life on Minecraft essentially. Did anything happen after the Minecraft date? Did you guys like meet up in person or anything
4: like that? Yeah, we did meet up in person um and like I mentioned I wasn't out to my family yet. So I and she she lived like an hour away and I told them um my friend is coming over, my friend who I met on Minecraft, which technically wasn't a lie. Minecraft was a better explanation than Tinder. <laughs> it was mm-hmm. the And they were fine with that. They were satisfied with this that answer like, "Oh yeah, this girl I met her on Minecraft and she's going to come over." We went to a pond and we found salamanders. It was really idyllic. So how long were y'all in touch? How did the relationship
0: end up progressing from this, you know, salamander date into where we are now?
4: So I knew from when I first met her that she wanted to join the Coast Guard. Um, And we were still kind of in touch. Like we still follow each other on Instagram. It was never really an official relationship, but you know, we were like each other's first like girl that we were kind of dating. Um, And we hung out until she joined the Coast Guard. She had to go to basic training for, I don't know what that's like six or eight weeks or something. She came back and then, um, Originally, she had told me that she was being shipped to Seattle or something like that. I don't remember the exact turn of events, but she texted me one day and she was like, hey, I just found out they're shipping me to Antarctica. And I was like, wow, (laughs) what does that mean? (laughs) Why is the military in Antarctica? (laughs) They were... um, transporting scientists so like the scientists would get on board the ship um and i guess they were researching antarctica and my friend's job in the coast guard was like maintaining the ships that they were on Mm -hmm. um and i think it took a month or two just to get to antarctica and at that point we could only communicate by email i got an email from her november 17th 2021 hey we're in warm waters now like halfway to hawaii (laughs) i puked a lot but now i'm feeling good how are you And then um, I answered her back November 22nd. Didn't hear from her again until January 5th. January 5th, she says, hey, currently saying hi from Antarctica, currently surrounded by 360 degrees of ice and penguins. And then I, I wrote back asking her to send pictures. And she said, sadly, I don't think I can send any. Our computers can't handle it from this far, I don't think. But you'll see plenty when I'm back around a month and a half from now. My job is shitty, but looking at the bright side, metaphorically and literally, it's 24 hours of constant daylight here and it's freezing.
1: Oh, my God. I mean, Jess, can I just ask, how did it feel to, like, get these emails when you got those notifs? How did you feel?
4: Um. So I will say everybody in my life knew about them like i was like Mm -hmm. oh my god anjali just sent me another email like everybody was following the anjali saga (laughs) it wasn't just me
0: (laughs) so this was in like 2021 2022 you said you still follow each other on instagram what happened after she came back
4: i actually don't think i ever saw her again we stayed in contact but this was around the same time i got a job offer to move across the country So she was in Seattle and then she was in California and I was in Arizona and then she was in Florida. I believe that when she was in Florida, she started dating somebody. So I think she has a girlfriend right now. I also started dating a girl. I can't remember if I started dating this girl while she was in Antarctica or after she got back. Like she definitely wasn't my girlfriend, but I actually, I DM'd her today and I was like, Hey, I just wanted to let you know, um, this podcast is interviewing me and I'm going to talk about how we went on a date or a couple dates and then you moved to Antarctica and she was thrilled. And she asked me to send (gasps) it to her. Yeah. She's literally like the coolest and like most unique person I've ever met. The kind of person that, you know, and you're like, wow, that was an experience spending time with this person.
1: Oh man. Mm -hmm. I did want to ask, you know, from just your experience and the story itself How do you think the internet has helped you as a queer person find love? And, like, how has the internet played a part in just your journey and stuff like that?
4: I wonder sometimes if I had not had the internet, if I ever would have even known that I was gay. Mm -hmm. Um, And just having that virtual connection to queer culture has been so important to me because I, I didn't grow up in, like, the most rural bumfuck town. But I... There weren't a lot of lesbians in my school. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think just seeing it online and especially seeing like older queer women or like seeing um, families where there are two moms and realizing like this isn't just like something people do to be quirky. This is like an option that I have in life um, was so, so important to me because growing up, even if I knew like one or two queer girls who were my age, I never saw like a queer adult ever Mm. until I had access to the internet and was like in those spaces. Um, And I think just my understanding of my identity and my ability to accept and embrace my identity have been really important because I don't have the kind of background where that's something that would necessarily be celebrated. And that doesn't bother me as much as it would without the internet, because I can contextualize it and say I live in this part of the country with the kind of people who think this way, but there are a lot of other people who don't think this way. And there are other places where this is a lot more normal. And of course, I'm, I'm speaking as a white woman from New Jersey. Um, so I had it better than other people, definitely. But it was still hard just not having those queer influences around me. Um, and it, it's been so vital to like meeting other queer people and to also just seeing that other queer people exist and are happy. Seeing those possibilities
0: in front of you are like so important for being able to like project a version of yourself into the future. I wanted to ask what is your advice for finding love both online and offline in 2023?
4: So all of my friends keep swearing off Tinder and saying like I hate Tinder so much it's just full of like fuck boys and like toxic women but like <laughs> that's how everybody meets is on tinder i have like one partner in my life who i didn't meet on the internet um so my advice is to keep trying and also like raise your standards because like my, my friends will come to me and be like, well, you know, this guy told me that I kind of like look like a slut and he thinks that I'm not as hot as his last girlfriend. But, you know, I feel like I should give him it. Like, no, you, you <laughs> no. unmatch <laughs> with them the second that they the second they give you any kind of energy that isn't like respectful and encouraging and kind like you block them. You don't have to keep talking to them. So I, I think my advice is to. Um expect people to act like people and don't feel unreasonable for that and to also just not give up because honestly, I don't know how anybody meets anybody in person anymore.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think that's great advice because I think it's true. Like, I haven't even met Rachel in person before.
0: Somehow I had, like, the deep instinctive desire to be like, that's not true because it doesn't feel true, even though it very much is. (laughs) That's wild. (laughs) But it will be changing soon. Mm -hmm. And I just really appreciate Jeff and Mika and all of you wonderful listeners for sending us your love stories. We love hearing them. And unfortunately, we couldn't sidebar with all of you because our show is technically only half an hour. But we're still going to share some of the other voice notes we got, starting with this one.
1: Hi, My, I, I? I am half of a queer couple. I'm a lesbian woman and my partner is a bisexual woman. And we met on Tinder in January, 2015. And basically I have been on the app for maybe over a year. She had gotten on the app a week before we had matched and come to find out not only did she not know that you could meet all kinds of people on the app, no matter your gender expression. She also didn't read the directions like at all. So she had no idea how the app worked and not the whole premise was to match with someone so all she was doing was swiping left if she liked someone and wanted to see more of them and swiping right if she didn't like them and didn't want to see their profile again so when we had matched she was like confused she didn't know what was
0: happening so my internet dating story involves sliding into the dms of a podcaster after hearing her voice on the radio a couple months later flying to her city for a three day date and going on two years later, we're still happy and healthy and going strong.
2: I'm sending a voice note about how I met my now fiance through the internet. We met on Hinge um, in that moment during COVID, right when the vaccine was starting to come out, neither of us had gotten it yet. So our first two dates were on FaceTime um, and if you're familiar with the hinge layout, you can answer people's prompts. It's not just liking them. And I had answered the prompt, I know the best spot in town for with cheeseburgers. And they responded to that and asked where. And I said, I can't just go giving out that information willy-nilly. And in our first FaceTime date, I prompted us to each order our favorite cheeseburgers for delivery and eat them together on FaceTime.
1: Okay, that's the show. We'll be back in your feed on Saturday, so definitely subscribe. That way, you never miss an episode. Leave us a rating and a review in Apple or Spotify. And tell your friends about us. You can follow us on Twitter at icymi_pod, underscore pod, which is also where you can DM us your questions like, how do I make a rose garden in Minecraft? And... You can always drop us a note at ICYMI at Slate.com.
0: ICYMI is produced by Sierra Spragley-Ricks, Candice Lim, and me, Rachel Hampton. Daisy Rosario is our senior supervising producer, and Alicia Montgomery is Slate's vice president of audio.
1: See you online. Or in a Minecraft rose garden.